It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I am Damian Gibson, and joining me is the man, the enigma, the mystery. It's Matt. How do you do? I'm good, man. I uh, this this episode of Nitro ruled. Yeah, this was this was legit. This was um, I think last <laughs> week I was sort of thinking like, ah, oh, maybe we should just jump forward to like October 1996. <laughs> Uh, this <laughs> this this confirmed that there's a lot of stuff that I want to see in WCW right now. Yeah, it's um. And by right now, I mean I don't October be... 1995. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, Halloween Havoc is next week in the timeline of this podcast. Mm. Um, so we'll be doing we'll do a podcast on that. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, I am genuinely excited to watch it. And look, I don't want to be too over the top, but I think that this was an this is an example of masterful booking for an hour long show. This was everything about this, even though even though there's elements of it that are Saturday morning cartoon over the top blah blah, but as I keep saying, wrestling should be that um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um but it, everything sort of tied into each other and there were things that were introduced like, oh, well, I can't, that'll be cool to see it, um, Halloween Havoc. Like, it, it masterful in the sense of, like, it builds up so perfectly to Halloween Havoc and having it's interesting to having watched a pretty bad go-home show by AEW this week and then watching this WCW go-home show... Um, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, I mean, I'm already sold on this pay per view. Uh, it may kill wrestling for me forever because, as as we've gone over at length, I'm just so excited about the monster truck uh, battle. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. it's incredible. It's the coolest thing I've ever heard, um, and I can't wait to see it. Um, but this this sold it even further, like the actual. They they were probably a bit light on the monster trucks for my uh, my personal liking, but for but for the normal fan, if you will, yeah. uh, 
this this is a hell of a go home. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was just that the, the monster truck thing. I suppose we'll probably talk more about it at length uh, when we do the pay per view episode. But you hear people like Bruce Pritchard and um, you know Eric Bischoff, people who would know, people who have put proper wrestling shows on, and they talk about uh, it being, especially Bruce Pritchard. He's very big on this on on wrestling shows being like a like a circus, like a carnival, and having different attractions for different people. Because if you just have, you know, Dave Meltzer five-star flip flares, you're not going to... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not having a go at AEW. I love that. But if you only have that, then you're only going to get a certain type of person to watch. And as much as people take the piss out of things like the Monster Truck match, I'm sure if you mention that to just a non-wrestling fan, it would make them interested to see what the hell it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I also think Eric uh, Eric had his... He knew his demographic really well. Yeah, and this 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 episode also, and as, as we go through it, we'll sort of touch on this as always, um, just various things that don't 100% work as well as they could now that are going to work really, really well. In about six to eight months. Yeah, 100%. Um, this episode aired on uh, October 23rd, uh, coming from the Braun Civic Center in Hunts- Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, that doesn't get much more south than that. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're coming to you live from T and T. Eric's really starting to get his T and T pronunciation. <laughs> uh, that's really like. You know, it's interesting watching all this stuff sort of like form. Um, and I always remembered that until uh, Skiavone comes along that every Nitro would start with Eric Bischoff going, we are live on TNT. Um, and tonight was the first time I really noticed him doing it. So um, <laughs> uh, we, the first match was between uh, Macho Man and uh, I am struggling to find my notes, uh, Karasawa. Karasawa has been on the show previously, right? Um, I don't think so. Or was he on one of the? Was he on the pay per view? Uh look, I I can't remember. I'm sorry. I, I I haven't. I don't remember seeing him before. Um, at least in WCW, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was because he was the one that uh, wrestled with a broken back for the last, like, for four years in New Japan or whatever. Oh, God. Um, well, good. Anyway, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what I do know so, about him was that that he was in the Japanese, like, Olympic wrestling team in 1992. Oh. Like, he's legit. Yeah, right. Uh, this was a good match, and like Macho Man got a run for his money. It wasn't a squash match mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, this was um, really fun. Colonel uh, Colonel Parker was out there with Kurosawa as well. Um, Kurosawa basically beat the shit out of Randy, and then Randy sort of hulked up, mm. flying elbow and won. And even Eric said like he kind of pulled this win out of nowhere. And it's kind of like I, I was just thinking that like years before this. Uh, you know, Vince had moved Macho Man to commentary, didn't want him in the ring anymore, thought he was past his prime. Like, he might be past his prime, but he is still really, really good in the ring. Yeah. 
So he's gone from being the greatest wrestler of all time to very good. And it, and it's worth <laughs> noting, like, yeah, in the in the things that are classic Nitro that we sort of are seeing the opening, like Nitro with a, I think this went through an ad break as well. Uh, mm. So a two segment unannounced match with a major star in it is just classic Nitro. Mm. Um, I forgot to mention uh, Pepe watch in the intro. Pepe's just dressed as Mongo, right? Are they just matching? They're matching. Got matching denim shirts and cowboy hats. They must have felt so uncomfortable when they realised. <laughs> <laughs> when they both showed up to recording wearing the same shirt. Yep. I think they've just leaned into it, though. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, that's how similar we are. Now you've got to own it. <laughs> um, it sort of breezed through this match because it. I, I think it was just sort of reaffirming, like, hey, Macho Man's a good wrestler. Um, there wasn't too much story or anything that came out of this. No. there's Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a continuing feud. I think this was just a really good match that they let us watch. Yeah. Um. And also, we've got like so much. Um, we've got so much story to get through next that we kind of have to skip across this this first match pretty quickly. Yep. So, I'm not sure if you've seen this. I mean, you are the Dungeon of Doom expert, but I've never seen the Master of the Dungeon before, and he's he's a kind of cool character. I don't like. He looks a bit like Thanos uh, from the Marvel universe. Um, he looks a bit. You know how like there there are just Eastern European versions of Marvel movies that they make yeah. for very very yeah. little money, and they sell like they obviously make money, but they're like ab- absolutely criminal. Um, yeah. That's exactly what <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's father, uh, the master. Uh, that's like. Kevin Sullivan's dad in real life. No, that's just what he's referred. Oh. He's. He's a he's an Iokea in real life. Oh, yeah, right. Well, he cut. He's Prince Iokea's father. As we're gonna so, soon, we're gonna deal with the the pain of Prince Iokea. Uh, right. I do remember the prince uh, from watching it when I was <laughs> when I was younger. Uh, this promo though was good. Like you know, again as a, like a Saturday morning cartoon type thing. But you know, they're like, "I am the master of the dungeon, and I present you the yeti." Like I <laughs> he, dug uh, this. He he know? he did basically say that, and in that in that exact manner, but about a thousand decibels later. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a god or something, isn't he? You know, I mean, it doesn't really get explained, but he's the master of the dungeon. He's going to have some self confidence. Mm. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the so how do I explain this through uh, the medium of a podcast? Uh, it we then sort of like pan across and there's like a giant ice block. Matt is how you would uh... a giant plastic. Um, <laughs> like it's it sort of looks yeah yeah. It doesn't look like an ice block. <laughs> In a traditional no. uh, way. But the boys on commentary keep calling it a big block of ice. I mean, they've done they've done an okay job saying I don't think they've got a huge special effects budget at WCW Nitro at this stage. Um it like I mean it looks like a do- it looks like seventies Doctor Who prop. It's probably yep. the nicest way. That's to that's it. probably the best way to describe it through medium of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, so we try to be very visual on this well, show. Well, if you haven't uh, watched it, I mean, I assume most people have either watched it or are watching it along with us. But uh, if you haven't, um, yeah, just imagine, yeah, imagine a big plastic block of ice, and there's a there's someone in there. Uh, there's like smoke and stuff coming out, and essentially. Uh, we cut to an interview of Mean Gene interviewing the giant and uh, the Taskmaster, and the Taskmaster is saying that, uh, you know, the Hulkster's dumb because he's evil. Look, he's wearing black. He's obviously evil. Um, he wears black because he walks in the land of madness. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Kevin's got a much better way with words than I do. <laughs> but I also thought um, you obviously have not been to Melbourne, uh, and most, more specifically, you know, Fitzroy in July. Because uh, there's a lot of people walking through the Valley of Darkness <laughs> around that time. Um, me included. Um, I didn't realize, like, I'm wearing all black right now. Am I walking through the Valley of Darkness right now? I'm wearing a yellow T-shirt. I'm, a, I'm the You're face the in this. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. I'm wearing, this is a rarity. I'm wearing I will black say- jeans and a black Beatles T-shirt. Does that make me the, the bad guy? Yeah, you're the villain. Um, I... I uh, <laughs> Mean Gene is good at his job, which I feel I need to say before saying that uh, Mean Gene is so chilled out here. Like, <laughs> Mean Gene is not... Like, Kevin Sullivan's like, and darkness shall fall over us and our blood will boil and we will all, you know, be possessed by Satan. Mean Gene's like, all right, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's so professional. Even in the face of, like, you know, this weird satanic mutant cult that's taking over the company he works for he's still treating them with dignity and professionalism of like (laughs) you know (laughs) we've got the evil taskmaster and the giant here but no hear him out everyone deserves their say i'm not gonna i don't judge i'm a professional Uh, all right thank you kevin sullivan (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeti um (laughs) yeah so (laughs) so it's the same sort of uh it's the same sort of promo that those guys have been doing for the last three or four weeks. But, it, you know, Kevin Sullivan is quite good at these promos. I love the over-the-top facial, the facials that the Giant's giving to the camera while Kevin's talking and just like, eyes bug open and him sort of making those, like, <laughs> sounds. Uh, it's just such old-school wrestling. I, I love all of it. Um <clears throat> So then we we cut to an ad break. It comes back. Mean Gene has another interview. It's a busy night for Mean Gene, and uh, he he's interviewing Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan comes out, and well, he he introduces Hulk Hogan as the star of Thunder in Paradise. Yeah, I, th- I thought you'd notice that scene. We talked about it. It's well, like <laughs> he 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 he's also your your heavyweight champion, which you probably would lead with. Uh, if you were taking that seriously, but he is first introduced as Star of Thunder of P- Thunder in Paradise, uh, show no one ever <laughs> no. watched. No, but it is a good insight, and we'll we'll get another one in just a second of how much this is a personal payola machine uh, for <laughs> for Hulk Hogan. Mm. Um, he he threatens to kill the giant again. I mean, like this is the third t- third week in a row where he a hundred percent says, "I'm going to murder the giant." I, tr- I transcribed a line because I was so perplexed by it. He said, everyone knows what a man with a pair of black gloves and a back- black rag on his head is capable of. And I'm like, is he the Zodiac killer? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I was just like, I'm like, first of all, like a cool, if a cool I... doctor, like a cool, like <laughs> a cool nurse who like is in their scrubs yeah. but has black gloves because they're like cool and love rock music. Goth nurse, yeah, goth nurse. <laughs> goth nurse is uh, a, a, a new TV property uh, developed by Russell Wolf. Um, uh, yeah, played by um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name, but played uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, We're it's a male ner- Oh, it's a maleness. Okay. Oh, it can be. It can be either. They can. They can be two. They can. Anyway, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll get back to you, <laughs> listeners. Um, tune into Goth Nurse uh, after AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night gonna- on TNT. <laughs> I was going to say Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice. Oh, that's a that is a great call. <laughs> or if she's busy, just uh, bargain basement Winona Ryder, Christina Ricci. That's yeah, yeah. The Winona Ryder you get when you can't get Winona Ryder. <laughs> That's so harsh. <laughs> uh, well, we've just lost her as a listener. That's a, yeah. Well, she's a big fan. We're sorry, Christine. We really mean. Uh, so the Hulk says that he's going to murder the giant, and uh, he's going to get a, uh, a Harley from uh, California Connection in Los Angeles. Unbelievable! <laughs> he, just no shame. Then he, just absolutely then he no gives shame. Their, uh, you know. Their, their their phone number and uh, you know mailing address and <laughs> yeah yeah you can you can call them on triple five triple seven triple seven tell them Hulk sent you anyway <laughs> meanwhile I'm gonna strap the giant to the back of my motorbike and drag him around Detroit um, drag his carcass, his carcass which is such yeah. a gross term to use um, sort of evokes a dead whale yeah. Uh, and then he moves on to talk about carcasses, saying that Mean Gene asked him about his so-called friends. This is a storyline that I missed, uh, that like Lex Luger and Macho Man and Sting have not been there for Hulk during this battle that he's been having with the Giant. Well, it seems like in 1995 WCW, the one... Uh, like trait that you have to have as a face is you can't trust any of the people that constantly help you and give you no reason to not trust them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and there's a whole bunch of talk about uh, if they... It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just like... He's just a bit of a psycho at the moment. I know that's kind of the storyline of like he's walking through the you know, valley of darkness and blah, blah, blah. But he sounds like a schizophrenic. Like, you know, it's like uh, my friends are going to come after me, uh, but they won't come after me because they don't care about me. But if they do come after me, what are they going to do if they come up against the man in black? And like, what is going on here? And also, when have these guys been introduced into this story? There's been no mention of them for like three or four weeks. But we find out later on in the episode why these guys are mentioned and why I think it's you know actually pretty good booking. I mean, it's a little bit weird here because you're like, where did this come from? But and then there's a lot of concentration throughout the episode about, uh, and we've already kind of mentioned it, but the who's wearing red and yellow as if red and yellow is the international standard good guy colors. Well, it is. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Th- that's why. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> All the good guys. <laughs> The Brisbane Bears from the late 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the good guys. Um, yeah, so essentially, I did like how he was. He called himself the Man in Black. You know, I thought that's that's kind of cool. If it was a different character, it could have been even cooler. It just doesn't work with the Hulk. 
it it doesn't. Um, but it's still like his his promos are absolutely hot garbage. Yeah, but they're also still great because they're so mental. It's because he um, commits, right? Like it's he's yeah. so like he's he commits so much to the dude. Blah, 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 what you gonna do? You know, like. Um, but what he's actually saying is, you're right. It's just a hot mess. It doesn't. None of it makes any sense. He barely hits the beats that he needs to hit because he's so he works himself up so much that he just completely spins off into other areas <laughs> while he's talking. Um, so that's kind of a confusing promo. They cut away from it, and then we get uh, a tag team match of Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Uh, versus Eddie Guerrero and JL with Alex Wright in their corner and also on crutches. They kind of, they kind of talk about like Bobby the Brain says that Alex Wright hurt his knee trying to do Disco Inferno's dance moves. Did you hear that? Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I just decided to ignore that. I do remember Alex Wright and, and Disco Inferno having like a pretty long-standing feud over the years in. So maybe this is the beginning. I of believe that. they were a tag team at some point as well. Well, of course. But I, I mean, could be wrong wrestling. about that. Like if you, you know, inevitably you're going to be a tag team partner with someone that you hate. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Like uh, Shayna Bla- Baszler and um, Nia Jax right now in WWE. You know, everyone's favorite tag team. Um, <laughs> so uh, this was, I mean, this was a fantastic match, as you would imagine, with the, the names that are involved in it. Um, we did, we never really got down to why Alex Wright was out there though. Besides, no, the, did he you was... hear anything? No, other than <laughs> his crutches are going to be used later. Um, yeah, halfway through this, but like, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say halfway through this match, we cut to uh, the feud of the century or the beginning of the feud of the century with Scott Norton and Shark. My favourite wrestler, uh, just behind Johnny Be Bad, uh, fighting out the back. What I did like about this is one, they had two screens happening, so you could still watch the Eddie match. Um, so you weren't completely cutting. Which is away the second it. time? It's the second time they've done this during an Eddie match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I get the really bad feeling that it's going to keep continuing happening <laughs> to Eddie and all the other guys of his stature. Um, what I did like about this, though, is the way that uh, Eric sort of introduced it. He, he was like, oh, we've got to fight out the back. We've got to fight out the back. Like, it doesn't happen all the time. And I was just sort of, sort of like, this is something that could be learnt from current promotions now. of not just, like, constantly having... Oh, how are we going to move this story forward? Oh, we'll just have him fight out the back, or you know, the uh, and if this is something once again that WCW is going to use really famously. Um, oh, something's happening out the back. Uh, get a get a camera there. Like it's it's great. Like this is not um, this is not high stakes. I would say uh, the Scott Norton shark. No, uh, no. But what I do like about it, and it's, you're right. Like it's but it's the same thing that we've noticed previously of like. They're trying things to see what works and what doesn't work. But from a storyline point of view, I like the fact that it's like, well, we don't just have a cameraman sitting out the back in, in case someone gets in a fight, you know, like how with WWE programming especially, I mean, it's sort of hard because they've been at the performance center, but the, 
everything just happens out the back. You know, like all the storylines happen out the back. I, <clears throat> I just feel like it's an overused trope and it was kind of cool to see this being like, oh, this is an anomaly. This doesn't happen all the time. Um, but unfortunately, when we cut to the back, it was Scott Norton versus Shark. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get a flurry from uh, offense from uh, Eddie Guerrero at the end of this match. That's just phenomenal. I would like... like I mean, this episode only goes for 45 minutes, so watch the whole thing. But if you are that time poor and you're going to watch one thing from this episode, then I'd suggest watching this match. <clears throat> um, your man JL gets the win, uh, which is cool, with an assist from Alex Wright using his his crutch. Um, and then this part I really liked as well. The, the Eddie Guerrero and um, JL are sort of walking back towards the the uh, walking back towards the ramp. And Brian Pillman appeared, hit a DDT on Eddie Guerrero on the concrete, <clears throat> and then just walks off doing the four horsemen uh, symbol with his hand. Um, and then that sets up a match for, I assume they're going to fight at Halloween Havoc, right? Guess so. We're um, going to find out. I, I can't look up the cards. Yeah, it's sort of hard to get information on. Because if you look up the cards, it tells you who won. I don't uh, want to know. Right. Yeah, but it, it it actually is sort of hard to get much more information on WCW these days than other other than like where it was and who wrestled. Like you just can't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's why we're doing it. Um, but uh, uh, I've completely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I mean, Brian Pillman versus Eddie Guerrero. I, I, I mean, it doesn't get it doesn't get any better than that, right? It it might be okay in the ring. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> uh, and uh, we're already at like our main event um, Harlem Heat come to the ring and uh, as they are for their big tag team match against Sting and uh, Lex Luger for the main event Eric and Mongo really go after WWF they say that they had their terrible event last night what was it called in your house or something and then Mongo's like more like outhouse uh, they should demolish that dump because it stinks. Like, A, that's a terrible insult uh, for an adult man to <laughs> throw at an organization. But they're really like, it's, you can see why the war happened. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, it wasn't just the WCW like, oh, well, we're just on Monday nights as well. That's wrestling night. It was like, they 100% put their show on against Raw and they are calling WWF out on national television. But to be fair, this uh, in your house that they're talking about was actually hot garbage. I'll just, I'll quickly run through it for you so you can see like how right Mongo and Eric and Bobby were. <laughs> Bobby so we didn't open say with... anything. That, I noticed that. Huh. He didn't say a word. So I thought that was... I don't think Bobby really got involved in that kind of stuff. Well, Bob Holly defeated uh, Rad Radford, uh, who was Louis Spicoli, I believe, uh, in a at a later time. But uh, then Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Fatu, who is Rikishi. Uh, the Smoking Guns defeated the One Two Three Kid and Razor Ramon. Gold Dust defeated Marty Jannetty. King Mabel uh, 
versus Yokozuna ended in a double countout. <laughs> wow. And this is one to just notice how like shallow their talent pool is because multiple people are going to compete on this mat on this uh, pay-per-view twice. Uh Razor Ramon defeated Dean Douglas for the Intercontinental Championship. The British Bulldog defeated uh, Diesel f- uh, by disqualification, not winning the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Henry Godwin defeated Psycho Sid. Bret Hart, which you would be like, well, this will be good, ver- defeated Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> and uh, y- Owen Hart and Yokozuna defeated Bam Bam Bigelow and Savio Vega. Wow. That's a, so that's a they terrible were right. card. <clears throat> like, compared to what WCW is putting out, like, that was a terrible card. Yeah, that's that's awful. And uh, um, Scott Hall pulling double duty. And Yokozuna. And Yokozuna as well. Crazy. Um, yeah, so the crowd... Uh, the crowd's hot though, like for this for this uh, nitro. Uh, when Sting, and Le- I assume it's mainly for Sting. Uh, when Sting and Lex Luger come out, and Sting's wearing red and yellow, so all of like Hulk's garbled kind of promo from earlier is actually starting to make some sense of like, oh yeah, Sting's just sort of like, you know, his outfit looks very sort of Hulkster, you know. And it, it's worth noting as well that like. Sting is the star. It's Sting's. It's Sting's music, not Lex Luger's music, that they come out to. You know, like it's it's. There's sort of one narrative on WCW that they just got people like Lex Luger and just said, "Oh, they're the stars," and didn't build their own people. Sting is clearly the star of uh, those two. Also, he has a really, really distractingly bad goatee. Yeah. That's what I, that was my next note. He's wearing red and yellow and has a goatee. It's it's it doesn't fit because his his uh, face paint sort of like the Ultimate Warriors, you know, doesn't cover his mouth, and so then there's just sort of a goatee, which just makes you think he's a bit of a sleaze ball in real life. Yeah, I just thought of uh, when the uh, I mean he's not called the Ultimate Warrior when he shows up, but um, I just had this idea of Ultimate Wario. Is that something? <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Ultimate Wario. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I want that T-shirt. Ultimate Wario. Uh, I'm too much of a bogan to actually say my own joke properly. Ultimate Wario. <laughs> but you guys know what I mean. Uh, Just get Wario with the uh, with a Warrior's face paint on it and put it on a T-shirt and I'll buy it. Um, <laughs> someone's just made himself twenty five dollars. Well, it'll probably be on Pro Wrestling T, so it'll end up costing me eighty four dollars. Um, Sherry's out there with uh, Harlem Heat. She looks so cool, man. I really like Sherry. Like, I, I mean, there's some there's some weirdness that happens later on, um, which is a storyline that I love, but I know everybody else will be like, "Whoa." Um, but she's just got these sunglasses. She's wearing this long black cocktail dress with these like sort of like, um, she looks like she's in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, the uh, the <laughs> 1990s cool version of Dracula. That uh, was it. Um, who Keanu, Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. And Winona Ryder, I believe. Ryder. Yeah, but it was, um, what's his face that directed it? I keep going to say Martin Scorsese, but it wasn't. It was um, his mate, his best mate who did Godfather. 
Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola. There we go. Didn't need to waste so much time on that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Lex couldn't ruin the show by cutting a promo, uh, so he decided to have half his ass hanging out of his shorts uh, to ruin this match. Did you notice that? I did. It was pretty hard it not was hard to, to because, like, seriously, his ass was hanging out of his goddamn, like, <laughs> undies for half the match. Um, so the match is going on. We cut to Sherry, who for some reason has Polaroids of her and the Colonel and starts kissing them. So I assume that that storyline's coming back to the fore. And thank God, because we need more romance on Nitro, I think. That's true. We've <laughs> got to fill the void somehow. Have you ever... I mean, you're you're uh, you're married. Have I ever kissed a photo yeah. of another person? Is that no, what you're I'm about saying, to ask me? Do you me? have a photo that you just randomly pull out of your suit pocket at work and just give a little kiss? Just... <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you a, a secret of healthy relationships, and that's that I do, and that everyone who's uh, in a successful relationship does that, because that's uh, the only way to adequately express... I'm just saying words now. No, I don't. I do not carry around a photo and kiss it. I have my phone to do that. I just pull up a photo and kiss it. You know what the behavior reminded me of? It reminded me of like when a kid, like a teenager, is like wants to tell you something. But doesn't have the self confidence to come out and say, oh, "I like this person" or something like that. So they'll, they'll like, they'll write in like a, you know, a notebook of theirs of like, Damien loves Matthew, but then leave it for their friend to see it. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, you love Matthew. That's what. <laughs> but she's like a thirty-five-year-old woman on national television. <laughs> it, was, it was such an obvious piece of storytelling. I'm like. Okay, cool. We get it. You love the colonel. That's that's <laughs> fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I noticed in this match is, is just how good Booker T is, man. Especially at this time, like he he's essentially the same size as his brother, who Stevie, who's huge, but he's like doing like four uh, eighties off the top rope and just ridiculous stuff that someone that size should not be doing he's you can see he's starting to like develop his sort of kick game and it's not a hundred percent there but it will become you know part of his arsenal moving forward when he's a star um when St- this is the second week in a row or was it the second week in the row where sting's been part of a tag team and been tagged in yeah because he was with rick last week um where they hold off on sting coming into the match and he comes in halfway through and the crowd just goes berserk it's the pop for him is just huge. I mean, it's I don't know if it's stone cold worthy, but it's not. It's not far off it. Like, yeah, he he is their star. As much as Hulk is doing a lot of the sort of heavy lifting, or that they're putting the the majority of the responsibility on Hulk's shoulders. It's Sting that people want to say. I mean, Hulk got a pretty big pop when he came out in this episode, but. I don't think it's bigger than Sting's, man. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I think Sting is the future, the very clearly the future in 1995 of WCW. Yeah, God, that's sad to think about. I mean, there is there's a good patch, and then there's then there's not. I'm just glad he got it the run he always deserved in TNA. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, imagine doing reconsidering TNA. There's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of meat on the bone. 
we'll talk about it in six years. <laughs> I would I actually like. I'm going to put this on the record that as our uh, friendship erodes and personal lives are destroyed by this podcast, um, I'm committing to do uh, reconsidering TNA. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, cool. Yeah, same. We'll be like the Simon and Garfunkel of podcasters. You know, it's just. <laughs> We're gonna fucking do this shit again. Um, <laughs> God, there would be so much material, though. Holy shit! I mean, I think we might have backed the wrong horse. The more I think about it, see, this is gonna be fun. Um, this will be fun there's, there's for like the be, first four or five years, and then the last couple of years, I think, will be hard work. But still, a lot of meat on the bone. TNA, the whole time, would be us going. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? There's still some good stuff in uh, TNA. There was there was a good era. Um, you know, you got great AJ Styles, great Samoa Joe, great Kurt Angle. Why are we talking about TNA? Don't know, don't know. When, especially when Nitro was so good. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, Sting gets uh, Sting gets tagged in. Crowd go berserk um, as you would, and um, Sting just is hitting Stinger splashes all over the place. He hits one off the top rope. Uh, and gets the win against uh, Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat pull uh, Stinger out of the ring. The Giant and Taskmaster run to bear with me, kids. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of exposition to get through here. Uh, Taskmaster and the Giant run down to the ring, choke slam Lex Luger. He's out of there. Sting comes in to try and help out. He gets choke slam. He's out of there. Uh, up next, it's the Macho Man. He's out there. Uh, he. Looks like he's going to square up against the giant. I'm like, oh, yes, sweet. But uh, he gets interrupted by the man in black. Johnny Cash is there and he says, I'll take it. Sorry, no, Hulk Hogan's there. And says, no, I'll take it. Um, And then they, like, they they punch on for a bit. I mean, you know, you get so used to the booking style these days of not really showing this until the actual pay-per-view when it's a big, big build-up like this one. Um, but to see him actually get their hands on each other and Hulk to get his hands on the giant, uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I was actually sort of swerved by that. I was surprised by that a bit. Um, then then sort of, I mean, if this wasn't pandemonium enough, uh, the Dungeon of Doom come, come down... Uh, Hulk's mates who aren't his mates are back up on their feet even though they just choke slammed 30 seconds ago uh, and then the uh, he's like the commissioner or something I didn't note down his name but he jumps in the ring with a billy club and threatens Hulk to back off from, from the giant uh, this is like sort of old school mid 80s WCW wrestling where we've got officials coming in with billy clubs to separate them and <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, then, as they're being separated, and we're sort of cutting away from the end of the episode, remember that like plastic ice block that Matt and I were telling you about like 20, 30 minutes ago? Well, that explodes, and we see the Yeti. Uh, Very quickly. Really quickly. Like, I think WCW already know that this doesn't look very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm like, that's, you know, it's kind of, they're directing around what they've got, you know? It's like, well, it doesn't look that great, so we'll just give them a glimpse and, you know, but it'll also make people want to tune into the pay-per-view to see 
you know, even if it is a car crash, people will tune in to see that car crash, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a car crash. Yeah, I didn't realize until they said until Hulk Hogan said the Yeti, I didn't know what we were dealing with, and then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I've no, I don't think I've ever actually really watched this before." You, you, you hear the legends that are <laughs> the Yeti, you know. But um, um, we're we're here. I'm so excited. It's uh, our next episode is going to be finally the monster trucks and the yetis there yeah yeah we've got monster trucks we've got yeti we've got will sting wear red and yellow uh we've got uh <laughs> you know we've got uh, brian pillman versus eddie guerrero assumably uh assumably that's not a word wasn't you know brian I mean. pillman in a in a like quite detailed feud with arn anderson and rick flair like a week ago yeah, there's that that hasn't been resolved. The Arn Anderson or um, mentioned at all. It's like, <laughs> were they just like, shit? We need a work rate match because the Big Show versus Hulk Hogan in 1995 is not going to be that. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think we talked about it last week, but there, there must be stuff happening because there must be stuff happening on Saturday night because that was the premium show before Nitro existed. So I think they're still doing a lot of storytelling on. On that, because there are parts where, you know, it really feels like we've missed a week, but we probably have because we haven't been watching Saturday night. This is this is just our slow, uh, slow hurtle into watching Saturday night. It's like when Thunder comes up. I'm, <laughs> I remember Thunder being even as a child. I was I remember yeah. watching Thunder and being like, oh, this is not. And it's like not for me to not want to watch a wrestling show as a child must have. It must have been pretty bad. <laughs> must have been. Uh, it must have been a big stinky giant of a show. Um, <laughs> so I would, uh, if you haven't watched this episode, I would encourage you to watch it uh, going into Halloween Havoc because it is it is a really good example of uh, good booking leading into a uh, into a pay per view, and it's just fun, man. Like there's just so much color and vibrancy, and so much so many giant personalities at once, and um. You know, I watched a documentary during the... I've sort of got into this weird rabbit hole of documentaries on the WWE Network, and I watched one about Bobby the Brain. Um, it went for about two hours, actually, and it was really interesting. It just, like, you know, knowing his backstory and, like, how much he had done now. Because to me, Bobby the Brain was just, like, a commentator, really. You know, kind of manager, but mainly a commentator. Um, you know, sort of not realising that he had also done some wrestling work and had been around for such a long time. So, like watching him after watching that documentary and watching him this week and just sort of how subtle he is with like putting things over and it's there's so there's so many talented people working on this at once it's you know when i sat down to watch it today i was genuinely happy for 45 minutes it was great it's it's like if 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 you are having a tough time during this year which i feel like everyone is just like do yourself a favor and like Check out this episode of WCW. Uh, listen to all our back episodes as well. But check it. Just actually watch uh, this episode because it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. I couldn't recommend it enough. And I get the feeling that um, I might... I don't know if I... I didn't, wasn't really watching pay-per-views at the time, but I get the feel. I'm. I get the feeling Halloween Havoc 95 is going to be spectacular on so many different levels. It's, a, <laughs> it's not funny. Um, 
But we could probably wrap it up there, man. If you're I think good. that's it. I can't wait to to finally get to talk about Halloween Havoc. I know. Next I mean, week. Well, it's been uh, it's been two months of build up for us. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Um, we are still having <clears throat> more listeners jumping on board all the time, which is fantastic. We've got people in America, the UK, Mexico, France, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia. It's it's. What are the of, other countries doing? Yeah, get on, get on board, Come on, New Russia. Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean that that when when I open up my laptop and and jump into our thing, you know, our little sort of Podbean account to check these things and see that I. It's, I'm legitimately blown away. Um, our YouTube figures are ridiculous. I mean, there's an episode of ours that's almost at 2,000 views. I don't, under, I don't really understand how that works. But anyway, um, yeah. So thank you. Um, if you like the show and you want, um, you know, you want to help us out, you can just tell our friends. Tell our friends. Don't tell our friends. We tell them all the time, and they've heard enough of it. Tell your friends. Um, about the about the show, um, rate and review on Apple, especially, but anywhere where you can get a five star review, we'll take it. <laughs> and um, sorry, man, no, we'll take it. Yeah, Just we'll please, <laughs> we'll take please? it. Please, 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 for the love of God, uh, don't make us back. <laughs> we already have. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just subscribe to the Wrestle World feed if you haven't already, and you'll um, you'll also get our AEW uh, podcast and. Um, I don't know. I've got a few ideas in the works to maybe try and do a few other things as well. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, stay safe. Uh, enjoy your wrestling. Uh, as we the day we record, it's all-out day. So maybe go and get that pay-per-view, support AEW, watch, uh, you know, the modern-day equivalent of WCW do their stuff. And, um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with Halloween Havoc. Yeah, we've got two episodes next week. We've got Halloween oh, Havoc yeah, and yeah. Nitro. And, and Nitro as well. It's really exciting. All right. But as always, Pepe's dead. <laughs>